0: Welcome to the podcast, The Common Bridge with Richard Helpy. Rich is a successful entrepreneur in the technology, health, and finance space. He and his wife, Leslie, are also philanthropists with interest in civic and artistic endeavors, but with a primary focus on medically and educationally underserved children. My name is Brian Kruger and from time to time, I'll be the moderator and host of this podcast. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Common Bridge. And again, this is one of those where I got to put a disclaimer on it. It's not Common Bridge. It is and it isn't. This is going to be a quick takes, and I love these. And you guys like them too. I'm I'm hearing it loud and clear. So, Rich, great to see you again today. I apologize ahead of time for putting you on the spot, but that's what I'm going to do.
1: Well, Brian, I'm beginning to rather enjoy these lightning rounds as I like to think of them. Uh, You always come up with some really good question and topical areas to get into. I've heard back from a few people that, Uh, They're liking the fact that every episode that they are finding something to dislike, which is, of course, my brand promise. And Mm -hmm. uh, people are less concerned about hearing things that may not be their preferred ideology or talking points. And they feel like they're being heard but also that, Hey, you know, I don't like that view and that's okay. So these quick takes are not about building the bridge, but it's more about where do we stand today? You know, what's a quick take on a various issue and, you know, couldn't we do better, but go ahead, fire away.
0: What's up. All right. So I'm going to throw you a Justin Verlander, 12, six curve. And you haven't heard this one before. I want you to give me a half a dozen things that, no one has ever said lately. We know what people say oh, in the oh, oh, oh. So go ahead. Okay. Things that people have not said.
1: All right. Well, um, uh, Donald Trump has really grown in office uh, <laughs> since taking office. How's that? Yeah. Uh, I don't think
0: anybody said that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, let's see. Uh, Joe Biden. Uh, clearly has all his marbles haven't heard that one said
0: no not that i know of
1: yeah um wow i can't wait to move to capitol hill occupation protest zone in the area formerly known as seattle sounds (laughs) great summer of love utopia can't wait to get there all right that's four Um, Okay. okay let's see um I've got a great news site that does actual reporting. You can find it on cable TV. How's that? Um, I sure have confidence that the next presidential election is going to help things. Right, how many is that?
0: You're up. I think that was six or seven, but hey, if you got another one, to fire away. Yeah.
1: All right, well, here's one you don't hear. Hey, look, there's Joe Biden outside of his basement. You know, what you have
0: heard, <laughs> hey, there's
1: Donald Trump. Put him back in the basement. I don't know. I mean, it's... Uh, it, Look, like three hundred twenty million people, you you think we can do better uh, than that? I would think there's some you know, you know the thoughtful people that have been on this very podcast.
0: I would sure. pick several of them uh, <laughs> in the role. Uh, so yeah, I believe you've rolled off about eight of those. I'm really impressed. Uh, well done.
1: Well, I always you know something, Brian. I've always had this uh, view from the old Sherlock Holmes is about the dog that didn't bark. Okay, what is it we're not hearing? And mm-hmm. sometimes uh, that speaks volumes. I didn't even get into Elmer Fudd and Paw Patrol, which is an uh, area <laughs> ripe for stuff that we're not hearing.
0: Well, that, that that gets us off to a great kick, but let's move on to a few things here. I, like I say, I, wanna, I, I don't want to mess you up so much that, but um, just heard this morning, this is just this morning, that the General Flynn criminal case is actually being thrown out of the appellate court, just tossed it out. Did I get that right? I think that Judge
1: Sullivan still has to uh, render a final order. Um, he apparently doesn't absolutely have to. Uh, there is a kind of last-ditch effort to have the entire panel of judges on the appeals court uh, hear the case. Uh, but I, my sense of it, and again, I'm not a lawyer, is that uh, this is all over accept the shouting and there's going to be a lot of that going on you know, we've covered that topic on this podcast i think fairly thoroughly uh with ken chadwell and also with uh, barb mcquade and mm-hmm. you know one good thing about our justice system is that it oftentimes gets to the right outcome so
0: you and i have talked a so lot tonight in the past about John Bolton, how when John Bolton first came on the scene for Donald Trump, nobody liked him, or the left didn't like him. They ridiculed him, they made fun of him, they just didn't take him seriously. Well, now the tables have turned and they really like John Bolton. Can you explain that? What's the turn of events that happened? Sure.
1: Um, again, this is quick take, so it's is, you know, my opinion. It's, you know, worth hopefully as much as anyone else's. Uh, John Bolton is the latest in a number of saviors that is going to save the Democrat Party and the you know, left wing of the United States political spectrum from their own failings as a party and their own inability to put forward a, a cohesive platform that America likes and to articulate uh, why the future would be better under them. And that they've got a good candidate and a good ticket. So look, John Bolton's just a, in a long list of people. If you think about Robert Mueller was going to be the guy to take down Trump. And then we had Stormy Daniels and we had Michael Avenetti and we had Michael Cohen. And there's kind of folks get lathered up and this is the guy. And then it you don't hear about it. And, and Bolton's the latest in a long line of people there. And look, he's going to be yesterday's news in, I don't know, three to eight days. You can mark it down in your calendar. And if you watched the uh, very good interview that was done, I personally didn't learn anything new. I've said since 2016 that uh, President Trump is not qualified for the job of the presidency of the United States. Uh, He does not appear to have an interest in learning the job, and he has massive personal problems, all of which center around how he is being perceived and or rated. If you watch what he did, even during the, the pandemic briefings, his malfunctioning on all three of those fronts was on full display. It was terrible crisis management, and he thought people tuning in to get the update on a deadly virus or a widespread virus or the virus, however you choose to look at it, was about people tuning in to hear him. As a related topic, now I didn't ask this, but I will, uh, as an observer, it really frustrates the opponents of President Trump that, hey, here he is, he did it again, and oh my goodness, he still could be reelected in the fall. How did this happen? Again, in my humble opinion, it's this. And I actually wrote an essay that's on the website, richardhelpy.com. Donald Trump was not elected for his competence or his character. I don't believe anybody thought that when he walked down those stairs, that this was going to be the next president of the United States. There were at least a dozen better candidates from the GOP side. And then when he made it into the general election against Hillary Clinton, nobody thought he was going to win. I didn't think he was going to win. Right, I should say very, very,
0: very few people thought that he was going to prevail. And Rich, remember, he was getting killed in the polls. Just like now, he is getting killed in the polls. Indeed, and
1: throughout that entire arc from the time he announced his candidacy in 2016. Until today, he's the same guy acting the same way. Petulant, vindictive, uninformed, trying to run a country, you know, oftentimes in a chaotic manner. So you have to examine, well, how did he get there in the first place? And I think this goes back to the theme that inspired me to start The Common Bridge, is that the political system is such under the control of two entrenched parties who are very good at attacking each other and terrible at addressing the issues of the day that Trump's election was a big middle finger to the established
0: parties. So, Rich, how does this play out in the fall? Is this going to look a lot like Nixon's second term where he... Uh, is facing a lot of demonstrations, a lot of protests, but there's a silent majority out there that's had enough. And they go through and they elect him to a landslide. Uh,
1: that's, that That is a great question and, and something I think that remains to be seen. Now, here's some things that I think you could take to the bank. President Trump will continue to say mind-boggling, stupid things. He's going to do it. <laughs> And generally, he will do it right after he has done something reasonable or said something reasonable. And people will nod and go, okay, well, maybe he's gonna behave. And then he he does it again. But understand the landscape he's in. With four years to prepare and to act like adults and show how they would wield the levers and powers of government, what has the opposition party, the Democrats, done Did they get the memo that, hey, partisan party politics and an establishment candidate is the way to go? Mm -hmm. Did they go to new ideas? Did they go to any of the capable governors? Did they build a ticket that would let people take a deep breath and go, okay, we can step off this journey
0: of having Donald Trump as the president? Okay, Rich, so let me ask you this uh biden is a presumed nominee but he's also going to be older on the day he's inaugurated than ronald reagan was the day he left and so it's understood that joe biden isn't really going to be the president it's going to be his vice president who comes in sort of like an fdr truman thing and the people surrounding him are going to be making the decisions so who do you like as this vice president pick I'm going to
1: answer that question in just a minute because there is one I would jump on. But first, you have to look at why might the election pivot on the selection of Joe Biden's vice president. And it's because the Democrats went down the same dark hole they went down in 2016. They picked an establishment candidate. They picked a guy to run against the crazy stuff that our president says now. They picked a guy who's got decades of saying crazy stuff in Joe Biden. I mean, you could put a montage together that will rival
0: Donald Trump. Oh, yeah. Joe Biden was saying crazy stuff during Trump's Studio 54 days.
1: Indeed. And and, and Joe Biden's history of uh, racist and racially tinged remarks would also fill easily another national ad. Joe Biden's Track record or lack thereof uh, is also going to be a problem. Joe Biden's issues with women are not over, despite the lack of coverage around Tara Reid. And in fact, you know, Joe Biden said, if you believe Tara Reid, don't vote for me. And simultaneously, we're told to believe all women or something. So I don't know how that reconciles it. Joe Biden assigning race to people based on his beliefs about whether they are black enough, and presumably they can he can do that with other races as well. And then you have the unresolved corruption issues that have yet to be addressed or vetted. And I guess if who could say, well, look, at least Trump's been investigated and either he's so clever we can't find it, or there's nothing there. So this would surprise you. Here's and by the way, I don't believe this will ever happen, but if he went to Condoleezza Rice and said, look, forget party lines, we want to unify the country and find me a better resume than Condoleezza Rice. Now, remember, she was a young black girl in Birmingham, Alabama, whose girlfriend was killed in a church fire bombing. She became very accomplished academically. She has served the country with dignity and competence. She continues to hold her head high and and not get dragged down into petty fights. Um, I had the privilege of seeing her speak uh, more than a couple of winters ago, but it was during the Obama administration and they asked her something about the performance of then Secretary of State, Hillary Clinton. And Condoleezza Rice said, look, I'm not gonna comment on that. The job is difficult enough without them worrying about what I have to say about it. And she said, I still get consulted because the Obama administration call her and say, did you really say this to, you know, whichever world leader they were referring to? So, I mean, I, I think Connolly's Rice would make a great president. I don't know how well she'd hold up in the current crazy selection process we have today. But gosh, if Joe Biden picked Condi Rice, that would probably cause me to say we got a chance to get out of this. And, you know, I might pull the, pull the lever there.
0: So, Rich, you and I were talking earlier before we went on the air that uh, there's now been four homicides in Seattle, in the city, in what they call the chop zone. Um, and the mayor, Jenny Durkins uh, has been calling that a summer of love, a festival. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? It is
1: mind-boggling, and I've been following the this, this story on uh, KOMO News out of Seattle, and I don't know if they're owned by the same people or not, uh, but I had tried to follow the story through the Seattle Post-Intelligencer, the largest newspaper, and they weren't covering the story, and then they started picking up uh, the, the story from K O M O. The uh, mayor has now taken to saying, in effect, "Would you pretty please, you know, leave this area and um, kind of quit killing other people?" And so it, it is a abdication to the group. And I frankly don't understand it. I think that there's more to be said about this. I have not yet looked up what the mirror's oath of office requires her to do, but you're getting more and more reports of people that live in that area saying, hey, enough is enough. It's been 13 days of terror and disruption. This thing needs to come down and get out of
0: there. So how does she go back down there and take over that space? I mean, the business owners who were there are probably screaming for her to come back. But how does she go through and reclaim that space?
1: I don't think she's got an easy exit. If she goes in and says, I've got this stack of concessions, if you leave, I'll give you these concessions. She's going to enrage the people who have been victimized by this, including the families of the deceased. If she goes to a more aggressive posture, and clears the area she's going to face the wrath of those people that sympathize with folks in chop because she'll be seen as caving into a heavy-duty police action so you know it is seattle maybe she hopes there'll be a rain out but i i don't know she's she's kind of trapped right now you know it's a a very difficult position for her to be in it's of her own making she is the mayor And we are hoping, by the way, to get access to uh, senior law enforcement people to ask them about this. And Brian, the, the interesting question is going to be whether this plays into the national election or not. I don't think the card of Trump's crazy and we're all tired of him, let's vote for Joe Biden, has got broad enough appeal. You have to be for something at some point. Now, I also, by the way, on a national level, I have a... um,
0: Okay, but all right, but let me ask you this. What would be the best outcome of the election this fall?
1: The best outcome would be this. Donald Trump stands down for re-election. His ego might be fragile enough for him to declare victory and say, I don't know, I've got bone spurs or something, and I'm not going to run. And then the Republicans bring in Tim Scott and a former governor and said this is our ticket. And if you've seen South Carolina Senator Tim Scott, who is a black man, who is a unifier, I think people would breathe a sigh of relief. Now, the extra part of this would be that Biden would also stand down for nomination and that the Democrats would take a deep breath and maybe look to their core of governors or younger leadership and try to pass the baton that way. I mean, wouldn't it be great to have an election where you said, gosh, I've got two competent tickets here and, you know, we're going to get a little different flavor of government versus we have crazy
0: and, you know, not all there? Wouldn't wouldn't that be like an awesome outcome? I think that would be amazing. Um, I also think it's very exciting the amount of African Americans, conservative African Americans, that are running this fall um, on the GOP side. It doesn't have the same energy as the women who were running uh, against the uh, Republican Party two years ago. And I'm not entirely sure why the news coverage isn't there for it, but there are a lot of African Americans that are running on the, on, on the Republican side that aren't buying into what the Democratic message has been for African Americans uh, all these years. I'm not sure why the media hasn't given this a lot of coverage. I have my guesses, but it would be great if the media covered that a little bit better.
1: That would be a wonderful day if they would do that. But you mentioned, you know, what is the news that's getting out? Earlier on, you asked me about what aren't you hearing? Again, we've heard about Elmer Fudd and we've heard about Paw Patrol. Uh, We've heard about increasing covid counts we've heard about lots of statues
0: coming down yeah exactly
1: lots of statues
0: coming down well that well that all makes sense to me rich i'm an old sales guy and um cnn's viewership numbers have been up 800% or something so it becomes that's an ad buy and that statue toppling the riots and stuff that makes for great tv and everybody's watching it but it just doesn't make it right it's It's not the right thing for the news to be doing.
1: No, it, it's not. And when you uh, think about you know other things we haven't covered, like the uh, legal battle going around the uh, executive orders in various states. probably well, um, here in Michigan, right? Right. Exactly. So we have our governor who literally at the same time she, uh, her administration's in court wanting felony charges for violating her executive orders. She's out violating her executive order, personally. <laughs> no, I know. I mean, a better answer would have been to say, look, I sympathize with the protesters, but we've got to practice the distancing and, and the stay at home as in the, in the executive order. It would have been far better than rushing out there to get in the middle of it. I've
0: seen she's been out there, but what kind of stuff is she doing?
1: Well, she's been promoting our famous Coney Island hot dogs. Uh, down in detroit and this is a area that i'm very well versed in having uh, worked uh, washing dishes and bussing tables and being a short order cook in a couple of coney island restaurants and um, you know two on one whatever i know how to make those coney islands i think just as good as anybody so. well
0: you and governor whitmer and the and the county dogs so i need to make these quick takes quick so one more before we go If you had to wake up in the morning tomorrow morning and hear one piece of good news, what would that be?
1: Well, the best news would be that uh, both of the major political parties have turned on their current nominees and made a move to much more competent and reasonable tickets. It would also be nice if uh, we heard some of the major media outlets up that they've not been playing according to objective rules and that they're going to make every effort to march that direction. But as I look forward as an American citizen and, and as someone that is uh, I think a, a decent political observer and an observer of the media, if a person's issue is health care insurance or guns or student debt or household wages or tax policy or trade policies, particularly with China or national defense, or personal privacy, or mental health services, or criminal justice, or environmental health, or police reforms. You have very little reason to be optimistic given where our political parties and our reporting sources are spending their time and their energy and their money. And we need to demand that the actual policies that will make the situations better are addressed And until we do, we're going to keep getting the type of hyper-partisan, truth-slanted or outright dishonest reporting and representation.
0: And with that, Rich, you stuck your landing again. Thanks a lot for doing quick takes, and we'll see you next time. Happy to do it, Brian. You have been listening to Richard Helpe's Common Bridge Podcast, recording and post-production provided by Stunt3 Multimedia. All rights are reserved by Richard Helpe. For more information, visit richardhelpie.com.